Howdy! Welcome to episode number 410 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. Today, Amanda and I, Sarah, are going to be talking about baked goods, gaming, and more birthday goodness. Amanda and I answer listener email about books on sale and extremely long romances that you might want to read, but we also talk a lot about birthday cake, mint chip ice cream, brownie baked Alaska, and we talk a lot about baked goods because the last time we did this, you guys really seemed to like it, so I did it again. Plus, we have book recommendations and a very important question at the end. I want to thank Jacqueline, Amy, Verity for the recipes and Jasmine and Ellie for the questions. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. If you have ice cream or pastry or baked good recipes you want to share, we want to hear them. And I will have recipes that you have already shared with me in the show notes at smartpodcasttrashybooks.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Never Conspire with a Sinful Baron by Renee Ann Miller, the fourth book in a steamy Victorian historical series. Last season, Nina Trent fell for a scoundrel, and this year she intends to choose more wisely. Baron Ralston offers to pretend to court her in order to attract a duke's attention, a duke who is much more interested in fox hunting and sports than in marriage. Lady Nina thinks he's the perfect catch, and she hopes Ralston's attention will bring out the duke's competitive nature. Because that type of plan always works the way people intend in a romance, right? Right, of course. Meanwhile... Ralston has another plan. He wants Nina and her dowry for himself to rescue his estate and his fortunes. He does feel guilty, but their interludes of dancing flirtation and increasingly heated kisses become impossible for him to regret until he realizes that he has placed Nina in real and imminent danger. Never Conspire with a Sinful Baron by Renee Ann Miller is the fourth book in the infamous Lords series and is available now wherever books are sold. Find out more at reneeannmiller.com and kensingtonbooks.com. This episode is also brought to you by Ritual, a daily multivitamin obsessively researched for women that is vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free, and all of the sources for the nutrients inside are provided for you. Ritual is a subscription box service so that your new bottle of vitamins will arrive just as you finish the last one, and it is $1 a day to have your daily multivitamin delivered. I really like the delivery, so I don't have to remember to reorder or put it on the grocery list, and I like that I know exactly what is inside every capsule. Ritual is offering you 10% off your first three months. You can fill in the gaps with Essential for Women by visiting ritual.com slash Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash Sarah. I have a compliment. I love this part. This is my favorite part of the intro. To Angela K. There is a small hidden group of ferociously intelligent people determined to make the world better, and your name is on their membership wish list. If you would like a compliment of your own handcrafted by me, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Our Patreon community helps support the show, keeps it going, makes sure every episode has a transcript, and the Patreon community is entirely filled with excellent people. Hello, Patreon community. You are most fabulous today. I will have links to so many things. Because we talk about a lot of a lot of baked goods, a lot of books, a lot of recipes. It's a pretty fun episode, and I hope you really enjoy it. And stay tuned to the end because you know I will have a terrible, terrible, terrible joke. But now, let's do the thing. On with today's podcast, me and Amanda talking birthdays, baked goods, gaming, and books. Okay, can we just talk about, for a second, check this out. I have so much hair. I have, like, actual Farrah Fawcett flips going on over here. You look like a teen boy. I look like a what? (laughs) A teen boy. Honestly, I've been telling people I have the hair of every boy band all at once. Like, all the members of BTS, I have all their hair. Oh, that's a good point. You do have BTS hair. I have BTS hair. Like, (laughs) it's really weird. But That's I'm too freaked. Problem to have though. It's not bad. I mean, apparently, getting older means that my hair gets wavy. I don't know what to do with wavy hair. I, I have no idea. Like, We're on not- day two of me trying to make my own Vietnamese iced coffee. How's it going? I can't get the condensed milk 
to incorporate properly. Oh, so yeah, I tried it for whisks things. So the bookstore, their cafe has such good Vietnamese iced coffee. And I can't get that right now. Of course. But I don't think they whisk it. And I've tried doing cold brew, which I have, and hot coffee with lots of ice. Right. Hoping the hot coffee would soften it. Right. No, there's still like a good half inch of like condensed milk just sitting at the bottom. I would say that's an emulsification problem, but I'm not sure if it's emulsification. Listeners, if you know how to make a good Vietnamese iced coffee without any fancy extra equipment... Please tell me. And really, it's the quarantines. Why not order extra equipment, right? I've just been on like a an East Asian food kick. I made my own boba. How was it? Delicious. I mean, super labor intensive having to like hand roll out all those little tiny balls. And some of them, you know, you have like the gigantic one and like a little teeny one. And then like right. the ones that didn't fit, like wouldn't go up my straw and just like plugged it. And- <laughs> And I made chili garlic wings from Vietnamese Cooking Any Day. It's a great cookbook. And that's where I got my ice cream recipe, too, which is delicious. So this was the no-turn ice cream, right? Because I have much to tell you about in the department of ice cream. Yes. So it's uh, sweetened condensed milk, heavy whipping cream, coffee, vanilla, salt. And you just use a hand mixer until your arm feels like it's going to fall off. Well, yeah, that seems about right. Um, And it's like the consistency of frosting. And then you put it in the freezer. And that's it. That is it. It's got a, as I told Eric, a silky (laughs) mouthfeel. Okay. So would you like a report on the brownie baked Alaska? Yes. Okay. It looked beautiful. It was, there was a blowtorch involved. All of the uh, human males in my Gotta be extremely excited about this. Did they all take a turn with the blowtorch? No, they were like, no, we're not. T- Adam was like, <laughs> I've got it. So he has this thing called a bison. He bought a new grill last summer. It's you got a-, a bison in your backyard. <laughs> yes. Seriously, I will I will show you a picture of this thing. It is um, a first Google of the podcast. Here we go. Bison. I wonder if it's called like an igniter or something. Oh. Yeah. This sounds like the character that you'd find in, like, Mortal Kombat. Okay. So Bison the, the Igniter. All right. Bison the Igniter. Is, <laughs> Adam was, is like, this is the most redneck thing I have ever owned in my life. He loves it. It's basically a giant blowtorch gun with an air vent so that he can light the coals on his uh, ceramic grill. And it will light a grill. It will light a fire. It. We've used it for s'mores. He used Ooh. it to torch. And it's food safe. So he used it to torch the baked Alaska. He's like, this is the greatest toy. I feel like such a badass. Here, I will drop a link in the chat um, of, the, of the Zoom call for this. It's really impressive. It's As like someone a, who is a reformed redneck, I will. Yeah, you need to own this because it's fucking amazing. So anyway, so there's the bison, which is like this giant blowtorch gun with a light on it. It lights. It like Wow. So the, Right. Yeah. This is not to be messed with. It looks like a sci-fi weapon. Yes. Like he pulls it out of the closet and I'm like, God damn. (laughs) The dogs are like, we're leaving now. So for my birthday, which was on Saturday, I was asked, what do you want in terms of dessert? So I knew for dinner, I wanted to make pasta. When we talked last time for for your birthday, I had too many eggs and we were making pasta. Yes, that's right. We have now made pasta four times. And there are so many eggs in this recipe, it might as well be a protein. Like, it's maybe three quarters of a cup of of flour. I want to say three eggs and four yolks. I'm pretty sure this is a protein. I hate it when you have to separate yolks and you're like, fuck, what am I going to do with this extra gunky, snotty whites? I will tell you what you're going to do. You're going to make meringue. Exactly, Swiss <laughs> meringue. Adam was like, this is a perfect thing because we got a, the, the whites from the eggs that we're not using for the pasta, we're going to use in the baked Alaska. So the first thing you need to know is that the stand mixer has a ice cream maker attachment. You sent you me a order. photo. It's amazing. It, you, 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 it's fucking huge. So you have to like take up a lot of room in your freezer with it. But once it's freeze, like it's totally frozen. Yeah. The churning is done automatically by the stand mixer and you just put all the ingredients in there and stir it all up. So Adam made mint chocolate chip ice cream and drizzled melted chocolate in it. So you get those tiny, tiny little 
chips instead of like a big nugget of chocolate. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little one. <laughs> Hang on. The Adams just texted me. The garbage truck is here. I'm going to try to keep the dogs quiet. No Ooh. big deal. Not going to happen. They don't. Also, in totally unrelated news, good news. I just got an email from Amazon Smile. So yes. I use that when I. And so my donations or like my purchases go to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And Planned Parenthood received a quarterly donation of $14,595.24. From from your orders? No, from oh. the condo. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I say, like, we need to talk about your Amazon. What do you, are, are you, what, did you order a car? Did, did you order a small? No. I guess everyone wow. who has it selected. That's um, cool. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, back to, back to ice Alaska. cream and chocolate. So Adam made mint chocolate chip ice cream with chocolate drizzle chips in it. And then we had a – so you're, for the recipe, I will link to the recipe. You're supposed to use store-bought ice cream and make a brownie. We made the ice cream and used a store-bought mix for the brownie because we had yeah. a box of Ghirardelli mix in the house. So we Also, had, best brownie mix. Oh. It, and it's, it's interesting. Like brownies, people have opinions. Do you want them to be fudgy and chewy? Or do you want them to have more of a cake texture? And I kind of like it in between. And the Ghirardelli box mix nails that. It's very, I'm team, very team rich. fudgy. I'm more on the fudgy side, but I don't want it to be like, I don't want it to be like the same consistency as a really thick lemon bar or like a block of icing. I need it to have some structure and Ghirardelli nails that. It's perfect. So we made the, a brownie in a spring form. So it was round. And then we put all of the ice cream in uh, like a round Pyrex and put that in the freezer. So it was the dome. And then, um, Adam and my younger son made the Swiss meringue with all the egg whites left over from the pasta. And that I have never made Swiss meringue before. Did you know there's three types of meringue? I did. I had no idea about that I'm an Italian meringue fan. Really? Yeah, I made it. So for Thanksgiving, I made a cranberry tart. Right. I remember the pictures. Yes. And so I made a meringue for on top and it's an Italian meringue. So... There's no like cooking involved because like as it's being whipped, you pour in hot water oh, to the, the meringue. Involves the sugars. Yes, and it's so silky. And I I brought the extra meringue to Thanksgiving, and at one point, uh, Eric's dad and niece were just eating it with a spoon. That's kind of what we were doing with the with the Swiss meringue because you have to hot, uh, heat the egg whites with sugar, dissolve the sugar. And it looks disgusting. <laughs> it looks so crap. <laughs> my younger son was like, I don't want to, I don't, I, that's really, ugh, that's I mean, really when gross. you first pour it in, it, it looks like cum. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's that's what it not, looks like. Yeah, it looks really disgusting. And then you fire up the stand mixer, which is my youngest, my younger son's absolute favorite toy. It's wonderful. Oh, it just, and then all of a sudden we had all this meringue. We piled it all over the mint chip ice cream and brownie dome. And it took some doing to get the mint chip ice cream out of the, out of the um, Pyrex. We will, we have some strategy for that next time. And then Adam fired up the bison, like aiming this flaming (laughs) blowtorch gun at the big mound of Swiss meringue. And my older son, who has been living in the basement, playing Minecraft with his friends. Same. Same. Excellent. Excellent life plans. He comes hauling ass up the stairs. Are you setting things on fire? Is it fire time? So they're all watching my husband blowtorch my birthday cake. It was amazing. So then we slice it and it is so good. Like it was not too sweet. There was enough different like kinds of sweet. There was, oh God, it was so good. And then we like shove the remaining two thirds in the freezer. So we have these like wedges of baked Alaska <laughs> for dessert tonight. It's going to be so good. Oh my gosh. Was it was amazing. amazing. It was a good birthday. Good. I mean, speaking of birthdays, I don't have a surprise birthday thing for your Zoom. <laughs> but not to worry. You do have a surprise on the way. I do. Yeah. I had to consult Adam. To get some extra information. Um, my like subject line was super secret. Um, <laughs> and you know, he's an attorney. So he was like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and answered my questions. So it'll so get just, there when it gets there. Thank you. When we did our episode for your birthday, we got so many recipes. It's pretty great. It's wonderful. 
So I figure what we should first do is acknowledge the nice people who sent us recipes, and then I'll make sure to include them in the show notes so anyone who wants to make them. Yes. All right. So this, first of all, I am of the opinion that it is always good to have at least one vegan or two vegan recipes in your repertoire because, you know, you never know when you might need them. And it's not that hard. You just need to know in advance that you're not going to use any eggs or dairy or butter or anything like that. Jacqueline sent us hot cocoa vegan crinkle cookie recipes. I love a crinkle cookie. They're like the best texture, right? They're Yeah, they're like a little chewy. And they're just like pleasant to look at. <laughs> and they're so good with coffee or or a, like a hot beverage. So her recipe, first of all, she said that she had a really crappy day the day that episode came out, but listening to us talk about treats made her day better. <laughs> so I hope like now if you're having a shit day, Jacqueline, you're like, oh, well, this is amazing. Except for all of the things we just talked about are not vegan. So here's, here's Jacqueline's recipe. It involves vegan butter, ground flaxseed, which is actually really easy to work with, non-dairy milk, flour, cocoa powder, baking powder, salt, and some powdered sugar. And it's super, super easy. And I feel like if you're already vegan, you probably have that stuff on hand too. If you're doing like everyone else is doing and doing like quarantine baking, you probably have that stuff. So did I tell you what we're doing this coming week? No. So summer camp canceled. Fucking hell. Major bummer. Major bummer. So we're doing like camp in the basement Minecraft. So one of the things we do during camp grown up when my kids are away at camp is that we make new recipes and my younger son was like well can i make new recipes and we're like uh yeah of course He's like, well, i want to learn how to make some chinese food i want to learn how to make sesame chicken so this weekend we're going to make sesame chicken Ooh! and i bought everything to make donuts including the 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 stuff you need to fry donuts like a like one of those little spider whisks and yeah the cookie cutter to make the donuts, but I also bought a baking tin for for donuts so you can pour the batter in and then bake them. So we're going to have a fried versus baked donuts taste test. Are you going to go like traditional, like glazed cake? Like they have to be the same flavor. Yes. We're going to have to try to come up with similar recipes, although the cooking method is different. Yeah. So the ingredients will differ, but we're going to try to do like kind comparisons. But I have recipes for glazed, pumpkin, chocolate and then i also have a recipe to take the centerpiece out of the donut cookie cutter so i can make a whole round donut and then yeah. do boston cream or cream filled yeah we're we're going full pastry cream i don't give a shit <laughs> that's fine yep corn baking then did you see the link that amy sent us to bumpy cake did you know I, I read it i was like bumpy cake what the heck is that so i've never seen this before it reminds um, me of the the dump cake, the name, but yes. I don't know if it's the same. It looks so good. It's from Sanders Ch- Candy, which I've never heard of. No. It is a devil's food cake topped with, keyword, <laughs> buttercream. Ooh. Bumps. So they put big bumps of buttercream on it, like like ridges, and then they drape the whole thing in fudge icing. Wow. Oh. So a chocolate devil's food cake with rows of buttercream and then chocolate on top. What could I, I yeah. Right? I love it. What could possibly I want go it. wrong? And then Verity asked if we still needed to use up eggs. I don't actually need to use up eggs because it's now June, but I do buy a lot of eggs at this point because we're doing a lot of baking. And she sent me a recipe for Oreo brownies and peppermint creams. Life is really good. Have you ever made, what were they called? I made it in college, like slut, slutty brownies. I have never made slutty brownies, but you know, I went to a women's college in the South and I feel like that part of my college education was missing. I think it's like a layer of, so the base is brownie. Why are they slutty? I I don't know. <laughs> Well, do, so the, do I need to, why, do we, why are we slut-shaming brownies? That's I mean, so no, sad. we're not slut-shaming brownies. There's nothing wrong with the word slut. Okay. So, so uh, the base is usually brownie. Right. And then you have the middle layer is Oreo. Right. And then the top layer is chocolate chip cookie. The? Yeah. And you bake it. Whoa. Yeah. So you have like brownie dough. Oreos, cookie dough. So it's like the terrible sibling of cookie cake pie. 
I've never had cookie cake pie. I have had cookie cake pie. Once upon a time when RWA was in DC and I lived in New Jersey and Heather Osborne, who at the time worked for Tor, I think she lives somewhere in New York. She made a cookie cake pie and she got on Amtrak with a little cookie cake pie and a carrier and got one of the table seats on the Amtrak. So then I got on and found her and we sat there and very carefully escorted the cookie cake pie to RWA. So we you were like security for the cookie cake <laughs> pie. I was cookie cake pie security. And it was, wow, you cannot eat a big piece of cake, cookie cake pie because there's a lot of pastry in one thing. But ooh, was it good? Mm. Wow. I did read in the Brave Tart cookbook. Have you ever read this? Yes, it's fantastic. It's a wonderful cookbook, but in there is a whole thing about how fudge was invented by a bunch of women, I want to say at Wellesley, where they figured out how to make fudge on a little cooktop in their dorms because they weren't allowed to cook. Brave Tart, Stella Parks, traced the recipe back to the specific women who figured it out initially. And having lived in a dorm with no kitchen, I, I completely see people like making fudge <laughs> on the radiator. You're just like so desperate that it's like, like this is has to work. This is going to work. Have you ever made the sauce, the tomato sauce, where you take a can of San Marzano tomatoes and an onion, an onion and some butter? We made that to go with the pasta, and I just like I just wanted to eat the sauce with a spoon. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I think I read about it on. Smitten Kitchen. Was that was the one I. Was? That's where I got the recipe from. I have to make myself yeah, a note I've now that I done it. Forget it's to, it's uh, super easy. In. So let's see. I need a link to the brownie baked Alaska and the tomato sauce and the pasta. Yep, I won't forget, people. Don't worry. Right, we got some listener mail, dude. Let's do it. All right, you want to you want to tackle Jasmine because this is entirely your street. You oh, you yeah. and Adam both like books that are you know nine thousand pages long. All right, hold on. I remember when you sent this to me, because I was like, oh, how, like, what a coincidence. I just wrote something for Book Riot on this exact topic. Have you seen my hair naturally curly? No, I've only ever seen you straighten so, it. So I've been wearing it. Like, this, these are my curls. You have great curls. How do you hate your curls? They're gorgeous. So I've been wearing it like this. So I got a shag kind of haircut and she really thinned it out and I've been That's wearing true, a it, lot of hair yeah and I've been wearing it cur- I have hair straight- beautiful with these waves what this is the thing those of us with straight hair do not understand the people <laughs> with curly hair who don't like having curly hair and then the people with curly hair are like I love straight hair and I'm like no it goes flat and it's annoying and yeah well normally like is gorgeous it with all turns into like a an afro like it goes poof but it, she like knew what she was doing to like not let the curls like overwhelm my head. So I've been wearing it curl. I can't remember the last time I straightened my hair. It so looks great. She's making like she was wonderful. My friend recommended her. Um, yeah, and it's the studio I go to is like a like a pretty like feminist activist hair salon. They're like all the people who work there are just like badass. Awesome. What's the name of it? Shout out to Clementine Hair Studio and I think Somerville. Yeah. Dope. All right. You want to tackle Jasmine's question? Yes. It's up now. Okay. All right. Do it. Jasmine. So with the social distancing in effect, I was curious if y'all could do an episode on long slash epic 500 plus page romance reads. I'm working my way through books too fast. I hope you and your family and all the bitches are holding up okay. Hey, Jasmine. We have asked the right person for this question. (laughs) So with romance, you can find a ton of long series. Yes. Usually the way it goes. So like if I'm thinking there's lots of long paranormal series, Nalini Singh, mm-hmm. Presley Cole, all of theirs are like over 10 books by now. Um, the are Maiden Lane. They are over 10,000. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Elizabeth Hoyt's Maiden Lane, I think is 12 books. And normally, romance tends to be below 400. So they usually are like high 200s to like 380 in terms of Usually they're around mass market paperback length. Yeah. The length is changing a little bit as the format changes. But yeah, yeah, they're generally 304, 350, that kind of thing. So, but I did compile 
a list for Book Riot on longer reads that like span, I think. And you'll send me a link for the show notes, right? Yes. 400 to 500, uh, 501 to 600. And then there are a couple 600 plus. Damn. A lot of older romances are above 500. So you have Wolf and the Dove by Kathleen Woodowis. Oh, that'll take you down some paths. And Paradise by Judith McNaught is a, a biggin. But, like, those are older. So, you know, your mileage may vary. Paradise um, was one of my favorite rereads. I've only read one Judith McNaught. And I think I've mentioned this before, that she has another book that I cannot and will not read uh, because the hero has the same first and last name of the boy I dated throughout high school. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can understand that. Holy crap. Oh, I had no idea Paradise was 700 pages. Yeah. Yes, Holy it is. Crap. I did not know that. Oh, my goodness. Surprise. Yeah, that's and that's like a that's a very soapy book. Oh yeah. It's very, very sudsy. I love that book. I did like Perfect even more. And Perfect is 708. My goodness. She writes a lot of Dang, I forgot those books were so long. The type yeah. uh, this must have been these this is why I read these books a long time ago because the typeface was so small <laughs> I didn't notice at the time because my eyes weren't so bad. Wow. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect is the one with all the movie star gossip in it. Yeah. Ooh. Um, let's see. So uh, Milla Vane's new series, Heart of Blood and Ashes, is over 500, I believe. Um, if you like sci-fi romance, Linnea Sinclair, who to me was like my first sci-fi romance author she -hmm. writes a lot of 500 plus books because oftentimes she has some that like there are two romances going on at the same time um Kristen Ashley has a lot of longer titles so she does a lot of steamy contemporaries with like alpha heroes and then she has like one fantasy series that has like parallel like universes um and i think those are the ones that are definitely on the longer side yes and there's a lot of detail in her books yes she's a she's a writer that's a bit for me like um like how i describe shelly lawrenston either it's going to work for you or you're going to be like no this is not for me yep there are certain authors like they have a like a voice and a tone and a style yeah a style that so some of them do not work for me, but I know people who like love certain authors and I just like, I can't make it through one of their books. Kristen Ashley, I've often, her books I've often seen described as like Pringles. You just yeah. can't stop oh, yeah. reading. And then the two other ones that I want to mention, there's more on the list that I linked. Um, the Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata. This has been recommended on the site, to me, everywhere, so many times. It's super slow burn. Um, but that's not your thing. You like immediate banging and dirty talk. I mean, I like an enemies to lovers that's scenario. True. That's true. That's true. I stand corrected. But sometimes I'm very impatient. And I'm like, can we just stop and just go straight to the banging, please? And thank you. Um, and then the last one I want to mention that I feel like is like a cult classic or has like a really cult following. And I feel like was so ahead of its time. Uh, Land of the Beautiful Dead by R. Lee Smith. That one is huge. It's kind of like an apocalyptic horror romance. And it was the longest book that I mentioned on my, on my book riot list is unlike anything I have ever read in my entire life, especially romance. And as someone who loves horror movies and horror books, like this was like a lovely 
intersection of two of my interests. Those flavors don't often get mixed. Mm-mm. Now I'm thinking, ooh, what kind of illustrated cover would publishing put on a horror romance mix? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Please forgive me for being horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's, those are long-ass long books. Also, if, if you keep up with a, a Goodreads account, you can go to your want-to-read list and enable um, – oh, God, there's – street sweeper coming down my road. Um, You can choose to show the page numbers on the books. Oh, you mean the page count? Yeah, page count. And you can uh, sort sort ascending, descending page count on Goodreads. That is available. So if you want to see, like, what are the longest books you have on your to-read list that you want to, like, knock out. That's very smart. I'm still blown away that Paradise and Perfect are 700-page books. And I'm sure if I were to have – if I still had my copies, I would find that I could not read the text because it would be too small. You'd have to get one of the little magnifiers, the page Yes, or I'd have to go visit the eye doctor and be like, I need need a third pair of glasses. You know, I wear bifocals. Um, so I have the, the blended bifocals where I can see close and then I can see far. But then I have the ones that I'm wearing now, which are my computer glasses – um, which I've also heard described as painter glasses for like people who paint. Everything oh, that is about an arm's distance away is in focus. Nothing else is in focus. It's very relaxing. Like the minute I put them on, my brain's like, oh, it's work time. We're going to look at the computer and nothing else. And then I get up and walk around and I'm like, why can't I see anything? <laughs> so I'm going to need another pair of glasses to go read these paperbacks. because I'm Just sure like a Judith is- McNaught glasses. That's it. <laughs> itty bitty. Or I'll find them online and crank that text size up to comfort level. Comfort text. That's it what makes I love. me feel like so good when I bump the like font size up on my Kindle. Oh, yeah. Because I can like go through pages so quickly. I'm like, oh, I'm reading so fast, but it's like I'm not. Oh. I'm just, the text is just way bigger. One of the ways that I talk myself into getting in on the treadmill <laughs> is um, especially because I keep injuring myself when I run. It's super annoying. I keep injuring my hip and and I would like to run because I really like endorphins. Endorphins are fucking great, but I keep injuring myself. So I keep telling my, okay, you can walk and read because I can, I can zoom out with my fingers on my phone and there's like, you know, seven words on the screen at a time, (laughs) but I can read and walk on the treadmill at the same time. I was on the treadmill for 50 minutes this morning because I was super into my book. I'm rereading Murderbot again. And I got no. I, I got Adam to read them. I'm really excited. And I had to talk him into it because I was like, okay, I know that each novella is going to seem short, but each novella is about 176 or so yeah. pages. So if you combine them all, that is more like the length of the books that you like to read. Like, he And then there is an actual pages. book now. There is a full-length book. It's so good. Also, as someone who has tried multiple times in terms of like working out and running and like you know, when you're depressed all the time, they're like, oh, work out. It'll give you like endorphins. Nothing. I'm, I'm waiting on those endorphins. Any, anytime it's like, let's go for a walk. It's like, I hate it. Like, I'm just like waiting <laughs> for, like, I'm waiting to find some kind of like physical activity or like being outside thing that I enjoy. Would I'm, you like a suggestion? Oh, boy. I mean, have at it. Have you tried any YouTube videos of something like kickboxing? Or I haven't tried kickboxing. Or if you really want to go old school and enjoy some fine, fine unitards, find an old video of Tai Bo. Okay. Because I just get bored. I'm like, yeah, it's boring as fuck. It's super fucking boring. But if you're I have found that if I'm punching things, (laughs) I know about how long I get to go about punching the shit out of things. I feel pretty good. So you might want to try punching things. Okay. I just, I, I know this is so, I mean, I'm sure some people feel the same way I do. I hate being outside. I hate the outdoors. Really? I was I, just outside. I came in to record. I've been spending I my whole time. I hate it. I was outside. never an outdoorsy kid. Well, you lived in North Florida where the humidity would like to try to kill you. And like, as a, fun, you can wear. as a fun weekend activity, my dad would be like, 
why don't you go outside and pick up sticks on our 20 (laughs) acres of land? No, not fun. And so I would go and pick up sticks. Uh, Well, I mean, to... To to be fair, um, you are allergic to a lot of the things outside. Right now, yeah. As you can't see me, listeners, but I have gone through. Let's see. Where's my <laughs> tissue pile? These. This is my current tissue pile. It will quadruple. Oh man, I'm sorry you have such bad allergies, though. I can understand not wanting to go outside. This, we're on like year six or seven, because this wasn't an issue in Florida. In New England. Yes, but I, then you were in Florida. I, I know. You win some, you lose some. And I'm <laughs> and then you have humidity. <laughs> just like air that is chewy. Some. Chewy brownie air. Um, well, I get this all the time. It's like when I complain about the heat, they're like, well, aren't you from Florida? I was like, listen. No, that's not how that works. You scurry from air-conditioned location to that air That is exactly location. it. Florida is just going from one AC to another AC. I don't have to get sweaty on the subway. In fact, you need to pack layers. <laughs> I know. So you're like, I'm cold. I'm hot. When I was looking for apartments up here, there would be listings like, oh, no central AC. And as someone who like was birthed into central AC, <laughs> I am like, what kind of fucking monsters don't have central air i can tell you in new york city when i used to work in manhattan you knew that the heat had arrived because it looked like every apartment building broke out in square acne (laughs) everyone puts their window (laughs) units out and it's like every all these gorgeous buildings they all have square acne all the way down and you have to what you can see that a certain portion of the sidewalk will remain clear because the condensate will drip down onto the sidewalk and you get like cold cold ac water in your hair Oh, and then for, for full, of course, you think it was, you know, you've been crapped on by a very cold bird. But yeah, not central air. When we first moved to our home in New Jersey and we had central air installed, it was a really big deal because houses didn't have central air. And I'd never had it before. It's a beautiful and, thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we come in from like walking the dogs and it's really humid. We walk in and we're like, oh, it's so nice. And then... <laughs> It's super humid out a lot of the time. My older son opened the back door to come talk to me on the back deck, and he walked out and was like, oh, oh, what, <laughs> what is that? What it's is like, this? You. Yes, it's like a wall of hot, like a curtain <laughs> of air. All right, I have a question for you from Ellie. Yes. In a semi-related question, have y'all ever done a feature about how you find books on sale? Obviously, readers send them in and you check daily deals. Do you get a heads up from publishers or anything like that? I've always been super curious about the behind the scenes on books on sale. Anyway, have a great day. (laughs) Thank you, Ellie. Amanda is the mastermind of our books on sale. I've been doing many, many methods. Books on sale for a long time. Yeah. And Um, you're so good at it. Thank you. Um... So there are two websites that I check every morning. Uh, one is BookBub, and the other is eReader IQ. And I like eReader IQ because I like that more than BookBub because you can sort by. I usually what I do is um, maximum price four dollars because we usually don't feature book sales that are above three ninety nine, mm-hmm. unless they're like super good. And then I can click um, like uh, books that have been updated uh, within the last 24 hours, within the last week or since my last visit. So you're and getting the latest deals. Yeah. So I usually click since my last visit because I check it every morning. Um, and I just kind of like scroll through right. and, and pick. Um and that's usually the main way I find books. And sometimes there'll be like really good sale days where, you know. Well, especially lately. Holy hell. Yeah. There'll be like eight books that I think I would want to feature. But we only do four per post. So I kind of keep a running list because sometimes you'll get like a a slower day where like nothing is on sale or nothing new is on sale. So I always have something to pull from. Um, sometimes publishers do let us know and authors if they know their book is going on sale. So we do have like a little insider. Hey, these books are going to be dropping. Sometimes uh, publishers send us a whole spreadsheet and I get so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we do get spreadsheets. 
Um, and sometimes like, please don't tell anyone I send you this. So I won't say who sends them, but sometimes <laughs> we get a spreadsheet and it's fucking amazing. Well, sometimes we do get a heads up or sometimes, you know, we'll get an author like, I didn't even know my book was $1.99 this week. That happens a lot where we yeah. find out and the author doesn't know. So I think more so than usual, people don't know or aren't aware. But I also think lately book publishers are putting books on sale like a lot faster. I I remember seeing some new releases go on sale within like four weeks. Yeah, we had a – there was a a discussion in the comments about like, you know, we want to support authors and buy their books when they come out or like the $12.99 ebook and then it kind of like – Right, because the books are trade format so the ebook is Yeah, and then it feels like – shitty when like three weeks later they've dropped it to 3.99 for a week and, and yet at like, the same time i get it because bookstores aren't open and yeah they have to do something to drive sales because there's you know 60 percent or 70 percent of the places where a person would go buy a physical book are closed right now yeah those that are open aren't really carrying a lot of romance like i get it this is a really tough question i also think sales will go down a lot more the, the number of sales will decrease as more and more places open for business. Yes. But then we all might be back in at-home orders this fall. So who the hell knows what will happen. And I think that's kind of the two tools I use. I mean, I always check the Kindle Daily deals. So like if you're looking at a book um, on Amazon, there's like a little bar at the top that says um, Kindle book deals. And if you didn't know, Kindle ha- or does do daily deals, but they also have monthly deals. Yeah. Um, so those are the places I typically check. And then just like, honestly, following if you're on social media, following a lot of book people like authors, book reviewers, um, that sort of thing on Twitter is also mm-hmm. super helpful. Um, yep. Because publishers will post about deals, authors will post about deals. People who just love books will be like, hey, I love this book. And it's a dollar 99 right now. So yep. Zeb also supports. Your- Thanks, Zeb. Yep, Zeb supports books on sale. It's fine. Don't worry. Shush, <laughs> shush. <laughs> the other thing I think, though, that helps is that unlike me, you remember books very well. So you remember titles and authors. So when you see something that's on sale, you're going to remember, oh, this book is this author and this part of the series. And we have this review and you have this much better um, memory for things like that. So you'll recognize (laughs) a sale is relevant faster than I will. Yeah. It's always better if I can include some kind of like link to a review or like so-and-so mentioned this in what you're reading or like so-and-so was excited for this, you know, Mm -hmm. in May Um, And you remember because you've already entered it into the repository. Yes. The way the the site works, here's some more behind the scenes, Joy. (laughs) The website is actually how many? I'm going to look and count real quick. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight. Eight different types of WordPress blogs tied together. They're in one control panel but there's we're multiple. a franken franken wordpress we're a franken blog basically there's <laughs> there's posts and then there's reviews which is a separate section the podcast is a separate feed we have a faq our events our stuff we like all of that is separate blogs and they're all sort of compiled together into this main master piece of programming we have this thing called the book repository, which is basically a database. So when you search the book finder, which is smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash book finder, you're actually searching the book, the book repository. All the books that we've mentioned that were on sale, that we've reviewed, that we've talked about, that we've said something about, they go in the repository with all of the retailer links, which is another thing that Amanda's in charge of. But because you do all the repo and because you remember shit, you can identify, oh, I've already talked about this title. I know we have access to this title. I know it's in the repository, which is to, very To give helpful. people... Just a a number. Ooh, how many are in the repo right now? Do you want to take a guess? I'm going to guess we're over 8,000. We are. We are. Total is 8,783. Balls. And out of that 8,783, I have manually entered 8,272 of those books. Holy balls. Nice job. (laughs) 
I am deeply impressed. So I get to know these books very well. And you remember, like, you'll remember many more details about them than I will, which is really, really incredible to me because I don't remember. I just have like a very like visual brain. It's like, oh, it's that book with this cover. And, you know, like, mm -mm, not me. I'll remember if I'm reading print, I will remember what page and then what side of the book, like left or Ooh, right, top or can't bottom. Do that. I, rem- I remember the spatial location of information and words. So it's Doesn't so interesting. Work with digital. I am so bad with like spatial, like estimations and like spatial like Can reasoning. You find your way out of a department store. Ooh. I always know how to get out of the department store exactly the way I went in. I can if I've, mark myself. If I've been there before. Like, Yes, if I've been yeah. there a few times, right. yes. But like my first or probably second time visiting a large department store is a bit of a a crapshoot. <laughs> I can always <laughs> find myself in and out, uh, find my way in and out of places. I remember my spatial location very easily and I remember ways to get in and out of anything. But I'm also a terrible person to get directions from because I'm not going to remember <laughs> the words of the names of the streets, but I could. And this is super a Pittsburgh thing. Like I know a lot of people who are my age who grew up in Pittsburgh who will give directions like, okay, so you go to the street where the Isleys used to be, but now it's something <laughs> else. Then you turn left there and you go until you can see the giant eagle with the good salad bar. And then you go. it's it's all spatial and landmark so i think in terms of space and landmark and i remember where things are no i'm more like oh i'm in levi's purgatory and i live here now like (laughs) this is now my home (laughs) i came in at kate spade i turned left at belts and that's where i went into the mall and now it's time for the garbage persons to do the collecting because the dog (laughs) is like garbage garbage truck it's big and i can see they're getting old and their their vision's getting cloudy so like when they can actually identify a large object that is outside they're like yes oh i know something's there now it's not just like think there was a squirrel i can see the truck So we will do a future episode with our next uh, question because it's a longer one. We'll talk. We'll do a whole separate e- episode about audiobooks. But I do want to ask you, what are you reading, ma'am? Nothing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> brains are tired, yo. I've I've been keeping everyone like informed on Slack. It's mostly video games. Have you played any of the games in the bundle? No, but I did buy the bundle. Oh, I bought the fuck out of that bundle. Hang on. The bundle for racial, I want to get the title right. Bundle for racial justice and equality from Itch.io. And it's like 50 games at this point, up to close to 60, I think. So the thing is, is like I've been toying with setting up my desktop PC again. Mm-hmm. Because I can game much better on that than on my Mac laptop. Yes, this is something I wanted to discuss with you. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of like holding off on that because I used to play like original Stardew Valley on my PC. Um, this is like before they like introduced multiplayer. But on I have a Switch and honestly, it's been the best purchase I have made in a very long time. Aren't they great? I've been playing Animal Crossing and... My, so if you don't play Animal Crossing, this is just going to sound like a foreign language to you. Um, But there's something called the stock market where you buy stocks, S-T-A-L-K, and you buy turnips from this little hog girl named Daisy May every Sunday morning. And she'll be like, "You turnips are 105 bells. So you buy as many as you want. And then throughout the week, your local general store on your island will offer you prices for your turnips. So you could take a loss. You could make yep. a gain. You could break. So it's like the stock market. But it's um, S-T-A-L-K. Yes. Yep. So my, I we shortened them to nips. So my nips were 500 and something bells. Yeah. Yep. And I had so many friends like come to my island and like sell their sell their nips at my store. Um, And one of my friends who I haven't seen since January, I met her at the bookstore. Her name's Emma. She's 22. And I feel like it should be illegal for me to be friends with a 22 year old, but she is the sweetest, kindest person. And she left to finish college in California in January, came back once this pandemic started, was going to help at the bookstore. Then the bookstore closed. So we haven't, been able to link back up 
Right. But she like came to my island and was like, oh my God, your stuff is so cute. And I love, she's like, give me a tour. And then she's like, you should come to my island. And so I went to her island. I was like, Emma, how can you say my island is beautiful? Your island is beautiful. My island looks like a dump dumpster. <laughs> like the Animal Crossing, like playing and like community has just been like so wholesome and sweet. Like it, she's like, oh, so not, your island is adorable. I love your entrance. You look cute. Like just from like strangers. And when you, when your island has reached like, five-star level like you have like everyone who lives there is happy a mysterious flower will grow on your island called lily of the valley like you can't plant it it just shows up when you get a five-star island and i had one show up this week after my friend emma visited oh i know (laughs) no he like sent her a photo the lily of the valley popped up right next to my creepy doll graveyard so um my creepy doll graveyard right yeah And then I've been playing a lot of Minecraft with my brother. This is um, so adorable because he's in South, South Korea. Korea. And he so goes he to- stays up and you, you you get up early and he stays up late so you could play Minecraft together. Yeah. So is this on the Switch? Yeah. And he's 13 hours ahead. So and like he hopped on during his lunch break yesterday to like repair our railway. <laughs> so a creeper exploded because I was an idiot and destroyed part of our railway. Um, but like we we built like a little railroad between our bases and it's so cute. Just like video games right now have been a, a very good way for me to stay connected with like yes. people. Yes, I know the uh, the subreddit for Minecraft experienced incredible exponential growth during the quarantines because people were signing on be like, okay, I know my older son connected with all of his camp friends who he's not seeing this year um, on, on Minecraft. My younger son is playing on, on uh, the Xbox with his school friends. So they're all hanging out because we we're, we're still not allowed to hang out together. That's not. (laughs) So um, it's amazing how you can connect through different, different video games. Now I do want to tell you a book. Okay. I forget, and then yes. I have an important question for us to debate, and then we can okay. ask the listening audience to weigh okay. in on whether or not this is a completely doofy idea. <laughs> in the review that I wrote for the Murderbot novel by Martha Wells, which is Network Effect, yes, which is really really good. In the review comments, there were all of these people making sci-fi and space recommendations that romance readers might also like. And I remember doing a podcast with you where we talked about space. I was like, I'm not space, space is very horny. I'm not in Earth space. is garbage. Yeah, I am with you in space. <laughs> I have been reading some spacey romances, older ones, of really good. Like Ooh. I read one called Dark Horse by Michelle. I want to say Diener, but if I'm saying yes, wrong, I yes, that's it, yes. And it's the first of a series. And you know, I suck at series, so I'm going to start it and then I'm going to stop. But yeah. I read Dark Horse. And it's about this woman from Earth who is kidnapped and there's a sentient AI. Apparently, I like sentient AIs that are smart asses. Big fan. And (laughs) I had the best time reading this book. I had such a good time. So now I have on on my TBR, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Oh, that is so good. Earthrise and Mind Touch by MCA Hogarth. And of course, I'm in the middle of rereading Murderbot because I finally got Adam to read the series and I'm like, so where are you? What's going on? What are you doing? Huh? I'm not annoying. I'm not annoying at all. Where are you? What's <laughs> happening in the book? Are you, are you still in book one? What's going on? And it takes him a really long time to get into a series and then he's going to be into it and then he's going to be like really into it. So I'm just sort of like trying not to bug him too much. But I'm like, come on, I hope you're, you're just waiting for the, the I'm waiting switch. For, I'm waiting for the turbo to kick on and I'm like, oh, I hope you really like it because I really like this sarcastic asshole robot. <laughs> Did you, so uh, Carrie wrote the review for how Rory Thorne destroyed the multiverse. Yes, I have seen that. Did that's you? My list. Yeah. I picked it up because of that review, and it's just, like, a lot of fun. Mm. It's, like, space, but also, like, fantasy. Like, think of, like, fairy tale conventions, but set in space. Oh, really? Yes, really. Excuse me. I will be doing that. Okay, so here's the thing that I'm debating. And we've already talked a little bit about this, but yes. I'm willing to open it up. I have been debating getting a gaming PC because I have a, a Mac laptop, but it's like 
my whole like job and business is on the laptop. I tend to <laughs> try to keep it like not full of video games as well. And I've been debating getting a gaming BC, gaming PC, and then you and I would do video game streaming. Yeah, so we would do Stardew Valley and possibly Minecraft, which I'm terrible at. And I want to try to do streaming of Dragon Age Origins because I like the romance storylines and I suck at killing things. Like, I am stuck at Dragon Age Inquisition because I can't kill the dragons. Much like Hiccup, I can't kill dragons. You don't just need cannot. to, though, right? Well, sometimes you need to, to, you know, finish, like, these. there's quests. Like, there's one where you have to, not only have to kill the dragon, you have to kill the dragon babies. I'm not here for killing dragon babies. I cannot kill dragons. I don't think I ever did those quests. Yeah, I am sucking. I got my shit rocked one time, and I was like, "Yeah, dragons are not here. We're done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're done here." And I and I'm so bad about side quests. I'm like, "Oh, this one over here, and that one over there." And I'm gonna turn your ring, and I'm gonna go bring you the scroll, and then I'm gonna. I'm like, I am walking to do list. I love like I will play a game and do like two hours of side quests and don't advance the main thing at all. Like Skyrim. When I played Skyrim, I would just, like, go off and be like, ooh, I can pick these flowers. And my horse would just, like, punch bandits in the face <laughs> while I go pick flowers. Be like, thanks, horse. <laughs> no, That's I love funny. it. I So I'm thinking that we could do a uh, periodic, over-the-summer, live video game streaming of the two yeah. of us playing video games, which would be pretty hilarious what yeah. game would we start with we want to start with stardew know. or we start with uh i don't think you can do multiplayer co-op dragon age no i don't think so Which i was I, I put like a tweet out it was like my video game interests at this point fall into two categories smooching and homesteading like that <laughs> that's it that's what we should call it. Smart Smooching. twitches. Smart twitches. Smooching and homesteading. Like, I love Going parsnips and kissing people. <laughs> or not people. Kissing dwarves. We could kiss. We could kiss an elf. You know who I would really want? You know why I want to play Dragon Age Orig- Origins? Because I really want to romance Morrigan. <sighs> See, I have that problem where it's like, all right, we're on playthrough number three. I'm going to romance Iron Bull this time. Just kidding. We're going to do Cullen for the third time in a row. <laughs> Cullen is such an emo romance. Like, Ooh, but it, so I, okay. much angst. Well, I romanced Sebastian in Stardew Valley. The e- <laughs> Come on. He's, it's on okay. brand. Can I tell you what I did in my latest playthrough? By the way, playing on the Android is so much fun because it automatically arms you. Like, if you if a slime approaches you, it automatically what that's yeah, it's, cheating you you're playing with your fingertip i mean that sounded really <laughs> gross never mind <laughs> never mind but anyway um on my android playthrough which i'm having a really good time i finally fucking learned to fish can i do this with a mouse <laughs> i have no idea can i do it on my phone yes i'm a good fisherman on my phone um on my phone game, I have gotten everybody up to 10 hearts. I am everybody's girlfriend. Ooh. I am a girlfriend with everybody. Bouquets everywhere except for Pierre because I don't like him. He has one heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I want, a ten, I want to get to 10 hearts with the dwarf, but I'm missing a scroll so I can talk to the dwarf. Everybody loves me and Pierre can just go fuck off. <laughs> I, I go towards like the sad, emo, like tortured backstory character. I think in the... So the first or the second one, there's the Fen- – is it Fenrir? Um, I think that is – I don't know which one that Fenris. is. Fenris. Fenris is the elf who hates uh, magic because he was essentially, like, tortured. Yeah, this is in the second one. So I always <laughs> romance Fenris. He's entirely your type. Yeah. He's got boy band hair and everything. Yeah. And then, of course, the first one, I romanced uh, Alistair. Well, obviously. But, yeah. No, I always go Morgan for, like. Morgan that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Morgan, Morgan. is, uh, yeah, the, the witch with the great boobs. The witch with impossible cleavage. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to be a witch, why not? Yeah. She showed up. I didn't know about her. She showed up in my Dragon Age Inquisition game when I finally went to the place with the weird hand gestures and the masks. Um, 
they all stand with their hands like like we they all have hit weird hand postures when they talk it's very strange but um was it orlay or something i don't remember Ooh, i think it might be orlay so is orlay sh- like everyone's very like fancy and like yes, uppity. quite posh oh i love he shows the- up at the end and i was like whoa who is this <laughs> well like i love vivian vivian's like the yes. tall like statuesque vivian. like oh <laughs> He's a tall so, yeah. drink of water. Yeah, so all uh, this would be us playing video games. Is this a good idea or not? <laughs> Tell us what you think. I mean, I think the two of us would have a lot of fun, but I don't know if anyone else would want to tune in. We'd have like three people. Well, you already said your son would. would... Oh, my Tell son? Tell them about your son's dream. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> This so, is how the idea, I think, started. This was, this was my dream. I had this dream. I oh, just told your him dream. about it. This is my dream. So I had a dream that you and I were streaming. We were doing a, a playthrough of of Stardew Valley. And I know in the new co-op, there's a, a four-square farm where one part of each farm is a different – like, so there's a farming area, a fishing area, a mining area, and um, what's the other one? Farming, I don't remember. Fishing, mining. Uh livestock or yeah okay or something or maybe it's maybe it's monsters i don't know there's a four zone farm that you can pick i haven't played it yet but i dreamt that we were doing that but it only was two zones and i was farming and you were fishing because you like fishing and in my dream you were extremely mad that we were just trying to decide who to romance in stardew valley because each of our characters got to pick someone to romance and we had this whole fan debate going on and you were very mad that you could not romance a fish you were pissed that there was not fish romance in stardew valley which would be I mean, something fair. I would be into. Like, right? I mean, do I romance the halibut or do I romance the tuna? These are hard questions. Yeah. Right? Totally. I was so, one of those people who got mad that you couldn't romance the space cat man in the first Mass Effect. And everyone got so mad about it that in the second one, they're like, all right, you can romance the space cat man now, people. Lay who off. wouldn't want to romance the space cat man? Come and he's on, got an eye like patch. A, a obvious choice. <laughs> That's like Cullen level bait right there. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So if you think it would be fun to listen to us play video games. Listen, we're not, not promising like a no. top tier production here. It is summer. We are all stuck in the house. If you would like to listen to us play video games, tell us what you think in the comments of the show of the entry in the show notes. Or just tweet at us. That's also fine. Or just do a yell out the window. We're all home. We'll probably hear you. Yeah. Your voice will carry. Yeah, right? Except for the humidity. Then it won't. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for allowing me to hang out in your eardrums with Amanda as we talked about all the things. Now, I know you're thinking, I really hope I get a copy of that recipe. Do not worry. The recipe for the brownie baked Alaska comes from Sally's Baking Addiction. I will have a link to that, plus the tomato sauce pasta, Amanda's list of long romances, recipes for peppermint creams, blinks to bumpy cake, ice cream attachments. Look, I'm going to hook you up. Do not worry. All the recipes will be in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, along with all the books we talked about. We would never let you down like that. That's not how we are. We would never do that. This episode was brought to you by Never Conspire with a Sinful Baron by Renee Ann Miller, the fourth book in a very steamy Victorian historical series. Last season, Lady Nina Trent fell for a scoundrel, and this year she intends to choose more wisely. She'd really like the attention of a particular duke who is much more interested in fox hunting and sports than in marriage. Baron Ralston offers to pretend to court her in order to attract the duke's attention because he is very competitive. However, Ralston has another plan. He wants Nina and her dowry for himself to rescue his estate and his fortunes, He feels a little guilty about it, but their interludes of dancing and flirtation become impossible for him to regret until he realizes that he has placed Nina in real and imminent danger. Never Conspire with a Sinful Baron by Renee Ann Miller is the fourth book in the Infamous Lord series and is available now wherever books are sold. You can find out more at ReneeMiller.com and at KensingtonBooks.com. Thank you again to our Patreon community for being truly excellent and helping make sure that every episode is continually produced with a transcript. And thank you to Garlic Knitter for compiling our transcripts each week. As always, I end with a terrible joke, and this week is no different.
This week's joke comes from Angela and her wife, who's on Twitter as Solar Birdie. This is a terrible joke from both of them, and of course I had to share it with you. What do a Selkie and a Ziploc bag have in common? Give up? What do a Selkie and a Ziploc bag have in common? They're both resealable. <laughs> the best part is when you tell this joke to someone who doesn't know what a Selkie is, and they're like, what? <laughs> thank you, Angela, and thank you, Solar Birdie, for this excellent joke. I really appreciate it. On behalf of my dog, who is dancing around my office for a treat, and the cat, who is determined to show the dog his back end, and everyone else who's here, including Amanda, we wish you the very best of reading. Thank you for letting us hang out with you today. We'll see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more links and excellent options for podcast listening, visit frolic.media slash podcasts. Wilbur thinks you should do that. <laughs>